Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the 2020 Mindset Leadership Conference. I'm your host, Riley Jensen. And today, I'm super excited to uh, introduce you to who I consider to be a good friend of mine. Interestingly enough, I, I did my internship and my master's project on his program. And uh, let me introduce you to the head coach for Westminster Basketball, Norm Parrish. Norm, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks, Riley. Any anytime, whatever you need. So I, I rewind the clock a little bit, and you know, all my all my uh, classmates were like, "Oh yeah, I got this internship with, you know, Murray High School, and I got my internship with, you know, Copper Hills Lacrosse." And I was like, "Oh, that's great, that's great." I'm like, "Man, there's got to be somewhere that I can do that's not just like a high school program." And then one of the uh, one of the girls in the program was a soccer, is still a soccer coach there at Westminster. And she goes, well, I'll talk to the head basketball coach for you if you want. And uh, you let me come over and experiment on your team for a couple of years. And I can't tell you how valuable the experience was. I, I look back at it and I'm like, man, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I hope I didn't mess up your teams too bad over those two years. No, in fact, ironically, I think that was our two best years. So you should underhandedly take all the credit. Oh, yes. Yes, I will. I will. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> hey, those, those were two good years, man. There was a lot of, lot of good players. And, um, man, I, I, I had a lot of fun with those guys. It was fun connecting every week and um, trying out different theories and, and, and putting together my project with your team. So I'm really, really grateful, number one, for you letting me do that. Number two, um, let me interview you today because I think, I think you have a, a unique story and I think you have a unique history that uh, can be, can be really, really fascinating for the people that are, that are tuning into this conference. Um, I wanted to ask you first off, and I'm not talking about like a dictionary definition. I'm just talking about your own personal definition, but what do you, what do you consider to be mental toughness? Um, I mean, obviously it's pretty broad, but I, I think it's, it's imposing your will on others and not not losing it yourself it's, it's doing you know don't don't give in to somebody else physically and mentally and i know physically that you have to train and there's there's obviously limitations that that athletes have but mentally it's just not letting things get to you it's i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna play hard i'm gonna you know i what what you've opened up is I'm going to make this shot. I'm going to get in a stance that I, I can do more than I think I can. And uh, it's, you know, we use the word imposing your will a lot. And, and at Westminster, we're not the most physically talented. We got really good student athletes, but our good teams and our good players are very mentally tough. And they, they, they don't give in to anything. It, it's just, Every single day, it's I'm going to go put in this two-hour practice, and it's going to be good. Um, you know, I'm going to get this. It, here they have a, a whole broad life. I mean, I have more guys miss practice here to go to med school interviews and stuff like that. Yet they still know exactly what we're doing on the floor. And then, then their mental toughness here really goes beyond the floor and goes to their academics and their, their life. They're, there's guys that are going to be earning, they might not be earning more money than you will, but they're going to be earning a lot of money. Yeah. They're, they're the, the, the student athletes there at Westminster are fantastic. And I mean, I know you say they're not as good athletes, but there's, there's some pretty dang good athletes. <laughs> yeah. We've had some good ones. 
Yeah, yeah. So um, I think your story is a little bit um, underrated. Talk to us a little bit about where you played, what your background is in basketball, how you got involved in coaching, and then talk to us a little bit about winning a national championship. I mean, <laughs> there's 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 very few people I know that have a national championship ring, and, and I'd like to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, there's only a couple of us, me and Todd Phillips still talk about it. Um, I, I, I'm a local guy. I played at Viewmont High back in the 80s. Then I played at, at Ricks College and then at a D2 called Northwest Nazarene. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I got on as a basically a grad assistant at Utah with Lynn Archibald on top of the world. Then he got fired the year I was there. <laughs> so then I got on at Salt Lake Community College as the assistant. I was the assistant there for two years. Then I got to be the head coach and Salt Lake was brand new. I mean, we were young and I, I was 27 or 28 when I got the job and very low funded, low on the totem pole in that league. And that league's like the ACC of basketball. Um, and, and we just grew it and got to win a national championship. And, and we actually went to the national championship two years in a row and wow. And the first year we went with two different, first year we went we with two entirely different teams. We had sophomore oriented, you know, you only have junior freshmen and sophomores at that level. We got beaten the national championship. Then the next year we went back with literally a whole new team and won the national championship. And, and I, I can tell you, talk about mental toughness. <laughs> you know, you, you just mentioned you had, you've interviewed Barrett Perry they were at Southern Idaho. They were our nemesis. And we had to play teams back then four times a year. Jeez. And, and a lot of them were, were Friday, Saturday. Then you'd play them a month later, Friday, Saturday. So we played them five times. Wow. And uh, we were probably the two best teams in the country. And um, talk about just being mentally tough to go into places and, and maintain your wits and your composure. And so those, both my teams that went, the team that lost actually had, you know, some of the guys, they had Brian Green, um, Yehosh Bonner. Was Nate Bendel on that team? Bendel was on the team that won it. Oh, okay. Okay. And the team that took second was not nearly as talented, but they were the toughest. We couldn't even practice two hours a day because they would just kill each other and talk about <laughs> winning. Um, but both teams were just really mentally tough because – because in the NJCA national tournament, it's like the old Utah high school tournament. You play four games in five days. Jeez. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, you're, it's always in Hutchinson, Kansas. So yeah. there's a lot of distraction. It's kind of a big party at the time. And it's the, Is it the final eight then. So the, the top eight teams go there. Is that how it works? There were 16. Now they have it large, but when we went, okay. it was 16. So it's a 16 team tournament. Wow. And uh, it is, it's still the toughest thing to, to, to play a top two or three team on a Thursday. And they don't, they seed it now. Back then they didn't seed it. It was predetermined because the, the country's divided into 16 geographic regions. So okay. it rotates. So like one year we played, we were rated probably three or four, but we played the number two team in the country the very first day, first game. And yeah. So you, it's, it's really a, a short 
sprint, but it's really a marathon in, in four, in five days, four games. And wow. it, it, it just sticks out like a sore thumb, the tough teams and the ones that win. Cause we've been lucky enough to do it twice or be there twice that far. You know, another time we took fifth, but South Plains, their coach, they've won it like three times, been some Southeast Iowa. There's certain teams that come in and the, the mental part just sticks out like a sore thumb because physically almost all the teams are the same. In fact, if anything, we were below them physically, you know, from right. one to 12. Right. Uh, but it's just your approach to the game, your dedication to preparation. And then, you know, you, you got to be tough. You got to, you're going to live through some bad calls and, and yeah. the, the tough, you know, I, I, when you were with me, I don't know if I ever wrote on the board. I put it on the board a lot. The toughest team's going to win. And I don't mean necessarily physically. I do, it's part physical, but it's, you know, you can't, you got to be stoic and tough and not get down and not get too high, not get too low. And over that four day period, that's really what it's about. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's an amazing experience. Do you feel like um, mental toughness has been something that has been important to your career? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I've, you know, I won't even get in. I mean, at some point I could, I could tell you stories, Riley, on my, when I used to work at a, at a, at Northwest Nazarene, then I, the way I got to Utah was a circus, but, but just being at Salt Lake and here again at Westminster, we're kind of a, a have not school. We don't, you know, at Utah, when I was there, the hardest part was finding out who were you, who you were supposed to ask to do something because there was somebody to do everything. At, at the junior college level and at the D2 level, you you do it all, and right. especially at the junior college level, you are you're these kids' father, you're their priest, you're their, you're their academic Probably. advisor, you're their coach, you're their mother. I mean, you you deal you deal with, you know, some of the stuff you're dealing with. We didn't have a sports psychologist. It was before it was in vogue. And, right. and you're dealing with, with all that stuff that, that now that I've learned more terminology and stuff, I'm like, oh, well, I've always done that. In fact, even when I was meeting with you and you'd do certain things, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, luckily, that's what we've been doing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and you guys just have new ideas and, and, help us do the whole team better but but through my career you know it's <laughs> hey i've had to be on a bus trip that you you have breakdowns and you get in at 4 30 and your game's at seven and, yeah. and and you better get your head right yeah yeah it's uh it's an interesting situation it's funny you bring that up i remember when i just when i was playing at snow college you bring up a a bus breaking down we were we were going to play against walla walla and we broke down in pendleton on the freeway <laughs> and we got to the stadium the game was at seven we got to the stadium at six and they wouldn't delay the kickoff <laughs> yeah like they're just like nope we're not delaying it and i mean it it, it was it, it was a little bit of adversity it <laughs> but is. It was little, like and you've you've been on a you know, it's 18 hours from Snow College to Walla Walla, you yeah. know, and you're trying to figure out 
okay, am I, do I have everything? Did I leave anything on that bus? Did I, you know, and so these kids are tough and the coaches are tough and you guys, you know, you're bringing up a lot of like golden moments to me. Cause I think, <laughs> I think my junior college days in some ways taught me to be more mentally tough than even oh, yeah. division one days. Absolutely. And then as a coach, everything's given to you. as a coach, you can't let the kids know that I know we only got here an hour ago, so it's okay if you play poorly. I mean, yeah, you, you, that doesn't even cross. You, you can't let that cross their mind. You have to wipe out excuses. Um, yeah. And I think that's getting harder in today's game because I, you know, frankly, I, I think kids are more physically talented than ever, but I think they're more coddled than, than gotcha. ever. You see that in the transfer. So how do you adjust to that? What do you, what do, you do different? What have you been doing different? Um, gosh, it's You're weird. I, I, I joke that I'm getting old, so I might be softer. But, but um, we, we do deal more as a team with the mental aspect of uh, – I, I think it's a lot less – dictatorial dictatorial or I mean I I'm a dictator but but I take more feedback from student athletes than I ever used to um uh you know you we try to reason more with them and still push them and but when it comes down to it you still have to hide every excuse and you have to challenge them daily and and, and the JUCO and D2 thing, the challenge daily just isn't as hard because we have a shorter window to do it and the circumstances aren't as good. You know, like, Cred, our guys sweep the floor and then we practice. Right. So. <laughs> That's awesome. I actually, I actually love that. I love, I, I love everything about players that play D2 uh, junior college because – they're, they're truly playing for the love of the game, right? They're, right? they're going on long bus rides. They're sweeping their own gym. You know, they know that if one of their shoes blows out, they might not get another pair of shoes, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> you know, and there's there's a lot that goes into it. And so that's kind of fun. That's fun for me to think about kids like that. Um, and and just the toughness that takes place. Um, in, your, in your own career or in basketball or in your own life, what's been your biggest failure and, and – how did you get through it? What did you learn from it? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> you remember losses more than anything. Um, my, uh, it's gonna, I'm going to laugh because the, the team I'm most proud of and that really overachieved is my team at Salt Lake that took second in the country because they, they just weren't horribly talented, okay? On the flip side of that, Losing the national championship, you know, junior college isn't like division one. There's not 64 teams that go. You have to win your league. You have to win your league tournament. So there were times where we were really good and didn't go. And there were times where other teams in our league were really good and didn't go. So when you get there, you have to take advantage of it. And when we got there and took second in the country, that's an opportunity that you're probably never going to have again. I mean, in, in reality, not many guys have played for one national championship, let alone two. And so when we lost that game, it killed me. I mean, I, it, it was hard to put your boots back on and go back to work and re recruit. Um, I joked that there wasn't a day through that whole next year that at some point during the day, it didn't come up in my mind of, man, that just sucks. 
<laughs> and, and in fact, the next year when we won the national championship, we were down by about 13 points with 10 minutes to go. And then we went on a, a 23 to eight run and won. And um, people after the game said, what, what, what were you thinking when you were down those 13 points? And I go, honestly, I was thinking, I can't do this again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's already killed me for one year. I, I, what am I going to do to lose this game again? And I'm yeah. like, I, I can't do it. I, it. It's the beating was too rough. And um, so when we won, I was more relieved than anything else. But yeah. so I, I'm not saying that's a failure. I mean, uh, failures, that, that's one that was hardest to get over. Other failures have probably been more individual where I've had a handful of student athletes where, especially at the junior college level, they came in with some, every kid at junior college has a, he's short, he's short in something, you know, like, like you're, you went to snow junior college, you, you were either an inch short or a step slow, or you had a grade issue, or you had a social issue, you know, when I was in their homes, I'd tell them, you're, you're, you're missing something, or I wouldn't be here. And yeah. um, some of those kids are great success stories. I've been able to see grow and mature and come in with just horrible, you know, I've had kids that, that uh, <laughs> they, they, are you know, I had a kid where the dad murdered the mom. Yeah. You know, I've had kids that have no background and there's been ones that we've succeeded and they've got their degree and they're, they're now good members of society. And there's others where I either had to get rid of them or they quit or once they'd leave me, they'd get to the next place and they'd fall apart. Right. And, and you get so close to these guys that it, it hurts you. It's almost like a, you know, I have three, I have three children and, when they fail at something, it hurts. And um, so I, you know, I can't specifically say, I'm going to, I'm not going to specifically say this one kid, but, but I've had a handful of, of players where it really broke my heart or I thought, I thought we were getting there. And then there's somewhere, you know, I didn't have the answer. And, and frankly, <laughs> I give you all the credit when I say we took really our best two years here at Westminster were with you. If I had had somebody like you, to lean on, I think we could have done a better job. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's interesting. That's, that's, uh, it, you know, it's when I, when, when I've been talking to you coaches, I think one of the things that I'm starting to grasp is the enormity of how much you're immersed in all this, not just, not just to win, not just to, to do a best job for you, but a best job for everybody that's there. And it really is a family and a team and a, and a hope that all of us can get the most out of all of us together. And I think that's what I'm hearing with you. Right. Right. If I were to um, shift gears here and I was to shift and, and, and ask your peers from Viewmont High School or Northwest Nazarene or even in your early coaching days, what would your, what would your peers say to this? Norm will be successful because he blank. <laughs> um. You know, in, in basketball, even in high school, I, I loved the game. Um, and I put in ample time. I mean, you, you know, kids just don't wake up and shoot it well. You have to work on it. Uh, yeah. I, I studied people and everything. Uh, 
if you talk, my, my coach at Northwest Nazarene, I still talk to him too, at least every two weeks. He calls me after every game. He's a retired guy, just the greatest man on earth. And he would tell you that even there, I was, I was a tough, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I will spit in your face, you know? Yeah. Um, I go right to the edge, in all honesty, as a player, especially of, I don't think I was dirty, but I went, I went right to the edge and tried to get in your mind a little and then push myself as much as I could. Um, yeah. You know, probably just that I would persevere and I, mm -hmm. I, I want to win. I think I've matured a lot. I'm not as bad a sport now in everyday life. I mean, when I was in high school, if I was with my buddies, I might be mad if we lost, you know, if we were, it was before video games per se, but I remember there was a football game that you had to rub the, the marble type thing and they'd have it at a store. And if I lost, I was oh, really, yeah. I, I was sincerely mad. <laughs> I mean, probably a baby. <laughs> so there's that fine line of being a baby and being just competitive as can be, you know, watching this Michael Jordan stuff, it, it kind of shows out. You know, yeah, brought, brought some of the juices out, right? Yeah, you know, John Stockton is the, you know, stories we've heard on him and and I've talked to teammates of his and coaches of his and just how competitive they are. And I'm not saying I'm John Stockton or anything, but I was always very competitive and I hated to lose. Sure, sure. Uh, if you could give yourself advice 20 years ago, <laughs> what would be the advice that you would give a young Norm Parrish? Man, Riley. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I tried to balance my family, you know, and we, we didn't move because I had three young boys and I wanted them to stay in their system. But I would say to probably let things go a little easier, the, the, the wins and losses. Um, yeah. I probably, as I've gotten older, I've probably been better about it's just after a win, make sure we don't let down. And after a loss, make sure that, that we get back up. And I would think 20 years ago, I was far more satisfied after a win and probably more down after a loss. So if I could give myself advice 20 years ago, it'd be that it's probably not as good as you think, but it's not as bad as you think. Right. Right. That's good. That's great advice. Um, lots of people having trouble right now. People have lost jobs. People are sick. People are facing change and unknown probably in a different way than any of us have ever, ever thought could happen. Any advice, any thoughts uh, <laughs> to, to people out there that are struggling? Man, I, I have, Empathy. I mean, uh, you know, my, I was telling you before my two of my three, all three of my boys are involved in touring, touring sports still, and then one's in sales. And so this has really affected them. And so I, I have empathy, number one, but just uh, almost what I just told you, just keep, keep plugging, you know, what it, I, one of my sayings is it's, it's, uh, better to be a mile from hell heading away from it than two miles from hell heading for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like so, that. I like that. So, so just keep persevering and talk, rely on people you trust, 
And um, again, I, I mean, I, I, who am I to say how bad it can be? Cause you know, I still have a job and my wife still has a job and you know, tonight we're, we're going to have choices of what to have for dinner. And so I don't even want to act like I know what certain people are going through, but just keep persevering and take one step. You know, if yeah. you're, if you're doing better today than you were yesterday, build on that. Yeah. Well, that's great stuff, coach. I, I, I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time. I think one of the things that I would say from, from the outside looking in at your programs is, is your program is tough, that they, that they are your personality personified. And uh, I learned a great deal from you. I think, I think that you're one of the great coaches, you know, and I, I didn't know you when you were younger. I didn't know uh, the things that you're talking about, maybe your inability to handle losing, but, you're one of the great coaches that I've seen to be able to handle the ups and downs of coaching and never too high, never too low. You let the kids enjoy it. And I learned, I learned a ton in the two years that I was around your program. So I'm very grateful for your time. I'm grateful for the experience that you gave me. And uh, I, I wish you the best of luck. I'm, 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 I'm definitely earmarking it. I'm going to be by, I'm going to hang out with your program this year. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we I owe you greatly and I appreciate you and, and some of the, some of the methods you taught us, we haven't, you know, I haven't got the mouse traps out anymore, but <laughs> we talked about the same things and um, you know, I've, I coaches steal. That's what we do. Oh, I know. I steal too. I steal too. So <laughs> I steal from coaches. <laughs> so, so I appreciate it. And yeah, we, that team that took second in the country, I, I meant to tell you, we, we wore football jerseys. We bought them each football jerseys. Oh, did you? And that's what was our thing was we're going into every game. It's like, we're, this is a football game and we're going to beat the hell out of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. Well, thanks again, coach, man. You've been fantastic. Um, I'll come by when it's, when it's legal to come. Okay. And see. You're welcome. Anytime. Hopefully, hopefully when I come, I can give you a big hug. And, uh, yeah, really. There, right. Okay. Appreciate it, Riley. All right, man. Thanks, thanks. coach. All right.